Jewish tradition teaches that it took 50 days to get from Egypt to Mount Sinai. You remember the story, don't you? How Moses was under instruction to go to Pharaoh time and again and to tell him, let my people go. Pharaoh, on a number of occasions, obliged him with what seemed to be a response and then recanted and would not let the people go. Finally, Moses had had enough and God had had enough. The angel of death came into Egypt. Good warning was given to the Hebrew people. They took the blood of a lamb and placed it on the doorposts of their houses and on the lintel above, which was a mark of safety for that household. When death occurred, Pharaoh was at the point of being able truly to believe that it would be best if the Hebrew people left. Go, get on your way. Well, they were already gone. They were packing lightly and had left, tracing their way across the sands. They got into the edge of the sea, their muddy feet plodding along until they reached dry ground again. Pharaoh awoke to his madness and sent his army in pursuit. In all of their chariots, they chased after this band of slaves. And when they hit this same place of muddiness, their chariots got bogged down in the mud. Just as the tide was turning, they were swallowed by the ocean. It was an incredible event, an incredible event, a miracle as the people of God stood watching their great enemy perish. They would tell about it for ages. In fact, they're still talking about it today. It was from that point that 50 days of wandering in the wilderness led them to Mount Sinai where again Moses was instructed to come up the mountain and to receive. You know what he received there, don't you? He received the tablets of the law. These two beautiful celebrations, the giving of freedom and the giving of Torah, were things that should be celebrated in festival. 
The first festival was entitled Passover. The second was entitled The Feast of Weeks, or in Greek it is called Pentecost. Shavuot. Pentecost. These two celebrations were alive and well when Jesus was walking this earth. Passover, you would think it would be the greatest of all celebrations, but it was exceeded by one that gathered even more people in. And that was Passover. That was Pentecost. When people gathered in, they gathered in from the furthest distances. You remember how Persia and Babylon had carried the people off to foreign lands when they came back for these celebrations, they brought their multicultural diversity with them. I don't know how many of you have been to Washington, D.C. Our family loves to go there. It's a fascinating city. It is truly the capital of these United States in so many ways. If you haven't been there, you might suspect surely everybody in Washington speaks English and they look American. Well, let me tell you that it is the most culturally diverse place you will ever see. It is fascinating. People from all over the world gathered into this place. And to tell you the truth, it really is representative of the United States and what we call ourselves a part of. It truly is a melting pot for us, this image of what the United States might be. We were there and got onto one of these taxi vans that carries you from a hotel to the metro line, and our driver, I could tell, was from East India. I asked him, I said, what's your name? And he said, Sean. I said, no, tell me your real name, your real name. And he rattled off something that must have had 16 syllables. And he said, but, but I've, I've called myself Sean and you can call me that too. It's easier for you to remember. And surely it is. The diversity is tangible in Washington. And it was at Pentecost that day in Jerusalem. Some people celebrated that. Some people didn't. In fact, as the Pharisees and scribes got together when they got together and the Sadducees assembled amongst themselves, they probably smiled for the first part of this journey that they were on this gathering in of the festival people. But let me tell you, by the end of the week, they were glad to see them go. 
People gathered in, bringing all of that diversity into the city. Made it complicated. They didn't want to have to deal with that any longer than they had to. How many of you have said that before, you know? At Christmas, our celebrations, you know, the family comes. Have you ever been glad to see them go? Come on, be honest with me. Have you ever been glad to see them go? Jesus knew this was going on. In fact, Jesus Jesus had already made his statement about it when he came into town earlier on, you know. He breezed into the temple and he began to shake things up as he turned over tables. You remember this story, don't you? How he disturbed what was going on. He said, you've made it a house of robbers, thieves. Well, what, what did he mean? You know, well, well, he was saying that this gathering place where these people that are, are guests to the city, when they come in, what you're doing is just simply robbing them of their resources. You're glad that they're here, but only glad because they feed the economy of the temple. When they come bringing their foreign coinage and leave it for exchange here so that they can give the temple something that is significant, you're skimming off the top. Jesus was frustrated with it because the focus was neither on God or on God's people. Here, it's 50 days later, after the Passover celebration and into Pentecost, the streets are again filled with these wanderers in Jerusalem. Now Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas, not the other Judas, but Judas the son of James, and all of these were gathered and about a hundred more folk were gathered. And they were waiting because that's what Jesus said do. They had been found by Jesus. They knew they had. Jesus, this resurrected Lord, had actually sought them out in order to share with them his presence in the world. They were his found people, but he told them you need more than just the memory You need the power of the Spirit to be the people that I am calling you to be. The wind of the Spirit rushed in in a mighty way. Were any of you standing outside when the wind came in here a couple of days ago? It came in with quite a bit of force. The wind of the Spirit blew itself into the midst of these disciples and filled their lives to overflowing so that fire seemed to 
emanate from their very being. These tongues of flame that lit them as they spilled into the street to speak in languages that they had never studied to people whom God had gathered in. I look at you, and I know that you are a found people. In fact, sometimes I say to myself, why do I keep preaching? They've heard all the sermons. You are a found people. But God's calling is more for us. For found people, find people. Our mission, our calling is to look into the world around us. And if you believe that Washington is the only place of diversity in this nation, you haven't looked well at Statesboro just lately. This place is ripe for us to interconnect with people in godly ways. I know that you want to. The question is, will we? An art teacher was seeking to encourage her class in an understanding of how important the work of Michelangelo was, especially as he painted the Sistine Chapel. And she came up with the idea that if maybe they did it like he did it, then they would understand. She gave them instructions when they came to class, lay down on the floor under your desk, and she handed them paint. And she said, paint the underside of your desk. I give you permission. I bet those children will forever remember how Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel, suspended in the air just below these ceilings, painting away on the scaffolding, supporting him, painting away the beautiful pictures of Scripture in his mind. Do you think about the people that are around you? Do you think about all of the differences that are there as good or as a problem? You and I are too eager to make containers for godliness. God pushes us beyond the building, beyond our ideas, beyond our prejudices, in order that we would connect with people. We spend an inordinate amount of time and energy focusing on going to heaven. 
particularly if we are talking about death, we talk about where we are going. I am not to say to you that there is no place to go. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. But we follow a Lord who really focused more on heaven coming to earth than our going to heaven. Even John the baptizer who spoke in preparation encouraged people to repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Jesus came. He came as proof that heaven was coming on earth. You and I are called but we are also sent. We are empowered. We will believe it by the Holy Spirit to be interpreters to all of those diverse souls that we may find around us. I love the music of John Bell. He lives within the Iona community, an island just off of the coast of Scotland. It's a monastic setting. There's a song that he has written that I enjoy using with our preschool and chapel. It goes like this. If you believe and I believe and we together pray, The Holy Spirit must come down and set God's people free. And set God's people free. And set God's people free. The Holy Spirit must come down and set God's people free. If you don't believe the Spirit moved in preschool, you ought to see them sing that song. It's a miracle to behold. We've been focusing these five weeks on the question, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and uphold it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and today, your witness. For those of us who call ourselves United Methodists, this is crucial to get right. Found people. Find people. Would you allow God to use you in this way? As we sing our final chorus together, it's one that is familiar to you. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I want to open this altar, especially if there is someone here that fills the call of God in your heart and you have never said, you've never said with purpose, yes, Lord, I do want to be your own. I want you to come and to kneel here. For those who also may be considering this morning that you need a renewed sense of what it means to go out in Christ's name, I want you also to come to this altar and to pray and to ask him to bless you, to bless us all for Christ's sake. Let's stand together as we sing. This altar is open.